What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me as always are Callum Wiggins. Call that spot. And Robert DeFelice. Tony Wim Savage, is that you? Spot, come here, spot. I thought you were going to go, on the card. <laughs> Technically, that's the official name for all this, but it's just so much easier to say call the spot. But yes, call the spot on the card. That is what we were doing for this edition. We are going to do two videos on YouTube, but only one uh, iTunes and Stitcher feed. So you know, keep that in mind when it comes to that. The target for this is we're going to do what we do typically every single year. It seems to be that there's like three main call the spot things, which are um, the money in the bank, the survivor series teams and the elimination chamber. And of course, because elimination chamber is coming up, we've got two sets of that. We got the men's elimination chamber match. And then we have the women's tag team championship elimination chamber match. So we're doing the men's first. Then we're going off to the women's tag teams and the way that this uh, works, a little breakdown here, is normally it's based off of a set of five. That's how Call the Spot originally was. But WWE keeps changing things up, so I've had to keep adding extra categories. And the breakdown when it comes to the men's is going to be a slightly, slightly different from the women's tag teams. But the men's-wise, this is kind of like a Mary fuck kill sort of ranking like you have to put somebody in each particular category you can't double up on anything and leave something uh astray and you need to rank these people based off of from uh top to bottom you've got the very top is the hall of fame then the main event the upper mid card the mid card the jobber spot and then eventually just released so again we're going to Tell you a slightly different ruling when it comes to the women's tag teams, but we're starting off with the men's here. And the men that are competing for the WWE Championship at Elimination Chamber, and we're recording this, by the way, before SmackDown, so maybe something changes, but at least when we're going by these, are going to be in alphabetical order. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe. All right, all that stuff's out of the way. Now we can start diving into our lists. Starting at the bottom with the released option. And I had trouble with both my lists. Uh, the men's, I felt really like, damn it, I don't want to release anybody. But when push came to shove, I figured, you know what? I think I would release Jeff Hardy. Um, let's go around the horn here and give our names before we start giving the explanations. What do you guys have? Well, I released Samoa Joe. Uh, oh, this was this was fun because it was probably the most difficult thing because there's two of my absolute like headaches <laughs> in wrestling, in Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. But I thought Randy Orton's not a good job for anybody, so I put him as my released. <laughs> All right, well, we're already starting off with a completely different set of uh, options here. My rationality for Jeff Hardy was. At this point in his career, he's probably not going to do anything else. He's not going to be a, a world champion, most likely. I doubt that they're going to really push him to be somebody who's challenging for the world title at WrestleMania or, you know, anything that would really demand him to still be wrestling. And even though looking at this list, I mean, Jeff Hardy's a guy that's a future Hall of Famer anyway, but only one person could get the Hall of Fame spot. And... 
if I were to release anybody else, I would feel like they still had something left to give. And Jeff, I kind of feel like he could retire and down the line go into the Hall of Fame thing. But if he's gone, it sucks. I don't want him to lose uh, a spot on the roster. But it's more of you can rest up and not bang up your body anymore as opposed to like you're fired and you can, you know, don't come back here again, asshole. Like something like that. How are you guys picking Joe and uh, and Orton? Well, with Joe, my rationale was simple. He could have fit into any slot on this list, but with all of the hype around people leaving, I, I see him very much as a Dean Ambrose, where he's a big name, but they're not doing anything stellar with him, so just release him and let him either go to the indies or japan or you know just retire completely but he should be released because they're not utilizing his potential uh, the autumn one was pretty straightforward it was essentially there's two people on this list that are too old don't really add too much value at least from my perspective and aren't really that fun to watch anymore the difference being jeff hardy will at least throw himself off stuff every now and again and that's entertaining <laughs> so <laughs> from my own say displeasure whereas Randy Orton because I was even going to put him into my release of job because I'm sick and tired of Randy Orton being around he's very stale he's he's obviously everyone says he's very good technically and he has all the fundamentals but he's so fucking boring and he just puts on headlocks for like 50% of the matches that he's in and I kept out being the jobber because I don't think he'd be a very good jobber because Essentially, his entire career, he's been a mid-carder or above. He's never had to do extended job periods. So I don't think he's actually that inclined for making people look good. At least for Jeff Hardy, for the uh, starting portion of his career, he was doing jobs on like Raw for years and years. So he knows how to make someone look good in defeat. One job but, that he's really good at is opening up a door at King of the Ring. <laughs> we know that. DJ, he had to carry Mabel, dude. That sucks. I don't think anybody could have carried Mabel. He was too big. But yeah, I'm just I'm Randy on just a move at this point. One move. It's a very good move, but I've seen enough of that move that I can move on from Randy Orton. Well then let's uh continue with what you were going with here because then that means Jeff Hardy's your jobber, right? Absolutely. Now my jobber, and I hate to say it, but it's just a matter of more important people on the roster. I put Mustafa Ali as my jobber, and that's really sad. Yeah, Sam. I mean, I love Mustafa Ali, but looking at this list, he seemed obvious for that slot. And I think the reasoning why is just because he hasn't established himself more. And I mean, if you give me uh, the tools to to push people and to do different things, and I'm not constrained to this like you know, the call the spot kind of uh, ranking. Mustafa Ali is a guy that I want to be the United States champion by the end of the year. I would really, really love to see him fighting for the United States championship at WrestleMania, potentially even win the United States championship then. And I think that he's got a lot of upsides to him that I'm a, I'm a really big fan of him. But when you've got AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton and Samoa Joe, and it's like, can't really job any of them out in good conscience. Is that kind of how you're feeling, Rob? Yeah, that that's definitely how I'm feeling because 
Mustafa Ali, he came on strong, but he was also a 205 Live guy. He did lose on the pre-show of last year's WrestleMania. Nobody else on this card can really say anything like that. So, yeah, I went with Ali. Then, Calum, are you going with Hardy because it's just uh, he can do some kind of a spot and lose? It's just that there's a lot of factors. He's past his prime, so he's on the downward trend. He's still popular enough that he could be a good jobber. He could still get empathy from the fans, but lose more often than not. And, yeah, it's just a case of you have to occasionally look to the future. I know that's very anti-WWE, but you do have to, and I see the four people, even though some of them are very close in age, Jeff Hardy, having a bit more staying power. And, yeah, I, I feel it's time that Jeff Hardy doesn't much give back because he, it's not like he's ever been a selfish performer by any stretch of the imagination. But he doesn't need to be a world champion ever again or even a mid-card champion ever again. He could just ride on the wave of his own popularity. Jabber to the stars, kind of. Exactly. He'd probably crash on something if he was riding that wave. <laughs> um, also, Jeff is definitely the most qualified for the job, you know? He he had a lot of experience jobbing in the 90s. And he's a guy who's popular enough that if he lost, people would still give him the benefit of the doubt to try again. So I can understand the rationality behind that. Mid-Carter, and this is where it's like, God, just none of this gets any easier in my mind. And people are going to hate me for it, but I put Daniel Bryan in the spot. I put Jeff Hardy in the spot. Who's stuff for Ali? Hmm. We're very different, this this edition. Yeah, we yeah. really are. My rationality for Daniel Bryan was, even though he's the type of guy that clearly he's going into the Hall of Fame, clearly he can be the the main guy that you focus on and all that, if you were to show me all the people that were still left on the list that I have and say which one is going to believably win the next match, the size factor does come into play. And I think that Brian is popular enough again that if he were in the mid card, he would elevate the mid card as opposed to making him seem like he's a loser. It would be more so Brian is that intercontinental United States level, kind of the the same regard that they had him for that one WrestleMania after he had been injured. Still sucks because I want Daniel Bryan to be a main eventer, Hall of Famer, you know. But that's the name of the game. Yeah, with me, with Jeff Hardy, similar to Callum, but I feel like Jeff Hardy is still big enough of a star to where people love him. He still gets crazy pops, you know. Believe it or not, chicks are still into him. You know, he still gets all the screaming girls, even though they've gone from, you know, teenagers to middle age. And I just think Jeff Hardy can still be a U.S. champion or an IC champion, and it'd be believable. See, I think the mid-card is the perfect position for Ali at his current level of ability. And it's not this sense that he's bad. He's never been bad. He's very, very good. But he doesn't have the seasoning of someone like a Daniel Bryan or an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe. He's still young. He's still hungry. This is where this is the time where he's going to be putting on the matches that make people think, oh, this guy could be a main eventer at one point, or this guy could really stand out. 
uh, he needs to be fighting for the mid-card championships. He needs to be putting in like gutsy standout performances against the likes of the top guys, the main eventers, but come up short every now and again and maybe occasionally get the odd surprise victory. And he's incredibly sympathetic. He's a fantastic baby face. Crowd are very much always behind him because of his backstory and the like style that he presents as well, incredibly high-flying. I think the mid-card is just where he needs to be right now, and I'd feel bad if he was just being jobbed out to people, despite the fact that all the other people are bigger names than him. I think I would like to see some progression and moving moving forward with the youngest guy on this list by a considerable margin. Still good arguments. Uh, let's go over to the upper mid-card. This is where I put Samoa Joe in there. I have Daniel Bryan. I have Samojo as well. So let's go with the Samojo one then, because you and I have very different lists, but we ended up coming about to the same spot for that. Am yeah, I I'm, right? I'm, an, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm getting annoyed because you put Randy Orton so high, and it's really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, Cal- Rob as well. So I'm getting, really off right. I'm getting low key triggered right now. <laughs> hey, you're not gonna like how this list fans out then. Uh, with Samoa Joe, um, my point of view with it might be the same as yours, where it's like, um, I want the guy to be the world champion, but I know that they don't want to pull the trigger. So at least if he gets a good spot on like that secondary type of main event at WrestleMania, then that's still worth it. Kind of like, um, sort of like the, the Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins type of match at WrestleMania where it's not the main event. It's not for the title. But they went out of their way to make sure that they gave him a good match. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I understand. But my rationale is more along the lines of there's just two other guys that I think have deemed worthy of higher spots than Samoa Joe. And that's mainly just due to the way that he's been presented and the way that... Because on his day, Samoa Joe was the best wrestler, the best talker, the best overall performer on the inter- on both brands. He just has that charisma, that aura about him. But they've never presented him that way. And you can only lose so many times before you start getting, like, henpecked into a could-have-been-world-champion as opposed to former world champion. Uh, For context, the last time we did this, you had Joe in in your Hall of Fame spot for Money in the Bank. I did, or Callum? Callum did. Well, who, who was in that, like, Money in the Bank match? I know me and Tony had the Miz and all of them. We'd say, yeah, there was the Miz, there was Braun Strowman, there was Kevin Owens and stuff like that. Samojo has a much longer legacy than all those people in terms of just outside of WWE and inside of WWE. When it's him against, at least in my mind, with the other two people, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, they're very, very similar backgrounds. And they both have, they all have considerable longevity, both in WWE, well, actually, not so much uh, WWE for Styles and Joe, but outside of it, and Daniel Bryan has a long indie background as well. So if they were in the Money in the Bank match, I probably wouldn't have put Samoa Joe in the Hall of Fame spot, but its context is key, Rob. Right. So who was your upper mid-carder, Rob? Mine is Daniel Bryan. Because in his current gimmick, in his current role, I can't see him being in the main event for too long. And even at that, he's in the SmackDown main event of WrestleMania. You know, last year it was AJ Nakamura. The year before that, it was the 
very lackluster Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match. So it's not like he's in a featured featured role. He's just the top guy on SmackDown. And also, I think with the way they presented him before he turned heel, he was kind of in that upper mid-card role. And that might be his ceiling for now until they can move him over to Monday Night Raw. So I have Randy Orton and AJ Styles left. Callum has AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, if I'm keeping Correct, track of this. Yes. And Rob, you have Randy Orton, Randy Orton and AJ Styles. AJ Styles. So I'm going to guess here what our... Well, I know what mine is, but <laughs> I'm not going to guess mine. I'm going to say Callum has Daniel Bryan in the main event, AJ Styles in the Hall of Fame. That's right. I'm going to guess that Rob has Randy Orton in the Hall of Fame, AJ Styles in the main event. Correct. And that would be the same that I have. So, Callum, you're going to be annoyed about this, but we both have Randy Orton as Hall of Famer. Well, I'm I'm actually less annoyed than it would be if he was in the main event. Because the main event means that he's actually competing in the main event. And that's where, where I kind of went with uh, a little bit of my distinction between why I picked Styles at the slightly lower level, because when you get to the top two with this, it's pretty much... I mean, there there's always like a little bit of wiggle room, like upper mid card. Well, does that mean that they are a world champion that doesn't have a two-year title reign? Does main event mean that that's the only people that could win the title? Like, there's different things with that. So with main event and Hall of Fame, you could be a Hall of Famer who's in the main event, like a John Cena, or you could be a guy who's retired and in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of little, like, wiggle room with that kind of thing. But I kind of went with the idea of between Orton and Styles, if I were to see somebody wrestle in the main event of WrestleMania this year, I would rather it be AJ Styles than Randy Orton. And at the same time, if one of them were to leave and not wrestle anymore, Randy Orton's a 13-time world champion. Like, that fucker has to go to the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Is that kind of what you were thinking, Rob? Yeah. So that is what I was thinking. Because Randy Orton, whether Callum likes or not, is in the Hall of Fame. And AJ Styles... It's the upper main event, not the upper main event, but the main eventer, because he's the best in the world, but Randy Orton's Randy Orton, Callum, I'm sorry, he's he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, Jeff Hardy's Jeff Hardy, he'll go in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, t- only still released him, it's like, every single one of these guys, with the exception yeah, I, of Stuff Hardy, is pretty much guaranteed was, to be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. It's just, it's just, um... You can't really go by that sort of assumption. I, I don't go by that sort of terminology, but just by the sense of there's five people in this match that will probably be in the Hall of Fame by right. the end of their careers. So, and who knows? Mustafa Ali might be. He might reach that level. I put AJ Styles in the Hall of Fame because I'm kind of burnt out on AJ Styles. In the sense that I know how good he is, and he's like he's one of the best in the world, but he's been on top for so long. He's had the same feuds for so long. He's been in pretty much the same matches for a very long time. Just to get to the point of if he was to go in the Hall of Fame this year and retire and never wrestle again, I'd be I'd be upset about it, but I'd be I'd I'd be much more willing to tolerate that than if Daniel Bryan said that he was retiring again and like going in the Hall of Fame. Because I look at the two of them, I think Daniel Bryan's the fresher of the two of them. He's the more like investable character at the moment. Styles is great between the 
uh, between the bells, but the rest of his character is a little bit just, you know, a guy, a guy that was champion for a very long time and he hasn't really had too much character development outside of that. Whereas Daniel Bryan has is a main event player in my mind, both as a babyface and as a heel, as he's proven time and time again. Right now, he seems like the biggest star on SmackDown. Whether you agree with whether he should be a heel or not is up to your own interpretations, but he's carrying it like he's the top guy. And we've seen that as a babyface, he is the big, he could be the biggest babyface in the entire company. So I've seen no problem with putting him in the main event position. He's but I think... But AJ's like, he's that Bret Hart to me, where it's like, he could easily be the biggest star the company has. They never, they just never go with him fully. Like, they went with him for a year, yes, but again, on SmackDown, it's that caveat of, you're the guy, but you're not the guy, because that's well, over on Raw with Brock Lesnar. I go more of the assumption of, an, of a Bret Hart as, you're the guy until the actual guy comes along. In the sense of, you're the guy. Until we find Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then he's the guy. And then we like, use you to put over the guy. Exactly. So you, you're you the guy because you're one of the best in the ring. And people do. And you are popular. People do enjoy your matches. They will buy your merchandise. But then this huge superstar who transcends all barriers will come along. And we won't need you anymore. Or you'll definitely be, find yourself down the pecking order. It's that meme of the guy who's walking down the street holding his girlfriend's hand and he turns around to look at the other one and check her out. <laughs> exactly. Like, Who's the better wrestler out, out of Stone Cold and Bret Hart? I when mean, Stone... there's no question about it. It's Bret Hart. Exactly. But Stone Cold's the biggest star. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Like, AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers who's ever been in WWE. And I think, I think Daniel Bryan fits into that, back, like, that barrier as well. But Daniel Bryan's the more... Relatable star, I think. He I'd make the same. Out. I'd make the same argument with uh, Savage and Hogan. Savage is a better wrestler. Hogan's the bigger star. Exactly. Just I, kind I, of I, the I, nature of the beast. Yeah, and I just see the two of them and think, okay, Daniel Bryan's the guy that will be your like transcendent superstar for this era at least, and AJ Styles will be the guy that you can rely on to put the title on for a long time, have some really good matches, but will always be second fiddle almost. So after going through this list, I could see myself, I'm not going to change my list, but I could see myself going under the rationality that kind of combines a little bit of what you guys had brought to the table, where I could see an argument for releasing Samoa Joe to give him a top spot at AEW, and then bumping everybody else up, which would mean my list would be releasing Samoa Joe, Jobber Jeff Hardy, mid-card Mustafa Ali, upper mid-card Daniel Bryan, main event still the same and Hall of Fame still the same. But I'm going to stick with my original one, which was Jeff Hardy has released, then Ali, and then higher up the ladder, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. And just to recap your lists again, uh, Rob? Uh, me, it's Joe's getting released, Mustafa Ali is a jobber. Jeff Hardy is your mid-carder, Daniel Bryan's your upper mid-carder, AJ Styles is in the main event, and Randy Orton is a Hall of Famer. And Callum? Uh, my list is Randy Orton's getting released, Jeff Hardy is the job, and Mustafa Ali's mid-card, Samoa Joe upper mid-card, Daniel Bryan main event, AJ Styles Hall of Fame. Alrighty, everybody, make sure you leave your comments below and tell us what your lists are and what you think about our rationality for our lists. 
Not going to really do a whole lot of extensive plugs here because we are going to do another section here for the women. And uh, I want you to check that out. So click on that video and you will find out all the other kind of information that we have going on for this. But really quickly, just a reminder, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and follow us all over the place. We got links below for the Twitter accounts. And if you start clicking on all of our stuff, you will find all the different things that we are taking care of, as well as the Patreon and all the other kind of stuff that I normally plug. You should probably know what it is by now, but if not, then you can pay attention to that on the next part. So part two is coming up next, unless you are on iTunes and Stitcher, and in which case it will just be popping up on its own. So stay tuned for that, everybody, and we will see you in that part. But for now, we're being counted out. Welcome back, everybody. We are on another episode of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast, or the same episode if you're listening on iTunes and Stitcher. We are continuing on with our discussion of the call the spot on the card for the 2019 Elimination Chamber participants. In part one on YouTube, and part one of what you already heard on iTunes and such, we talked about the men's Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship, and this time around, we are switching things up and talking about the women that are competing for the Women's Tag Team Championship for the Elimination Chamber that's happening in a little bit over a week. So, basically the same kind of rules, and if you have not figured out what the rules are by now, watch the men's one. I'm not going to repeat the same thing and all that. Uh, same thing when it comes to all the other kind of information. You should know that by now. We are uh, slightly changing things up when it comes to the way that this breakdown works, because I went through the list, and it didn't make any sense to me to have released down for this, but you have to change it up with the tag team idea to begin with because you can't take two tag team members and say, well, main event, for instance, both of them become world champions in the sense of like one's a Raw champion and one's a SmackDown women's champion. It just doesn't kind of work that way with tag teams. We've never done a tag team elimination chamber call the spot before. It's always been something along the lines of like the Survivor Series teams, let's break down the individual people. Can't do that when it comes down to a list of all these other types of people. So with a 11 women in the mix, you need to go by tag teams. And the tag team scenario is if you are like the main event of the tag team, you are the women's tag team champions. And then the upper mid card is you're fighting for the women's tag team titles. The mid card is you lost the number one contender spot, so on and so forth. And with released, it makes more sense if a tag team is quote unquote released, it means the tag team splits up. So the opposite direction with that is the bottom of the barrel is that the tag team splits and that means that they are no longer eligible to win the women's tag team championship. Then we go back up to the Hall of Fame and stuff. And the Hall of Fame, that stays the same because it's still just, you know, we have tag team Hall of Famers and stuff like the Dudley Boys and uh, Legion of Doom. And, well, we don't have Demolition yet, but, you know, at some point, so on and so forth like that. So uh, we don't know exactly 100% for sure what these tag teams are going to be because we are recording this before SmackDown Live on Tuesday. But... There's really just one team left that is a possibility. And before, even uh, last week, it seemed like Naomi and Carmella was a guarantee. And now we've had a leaked image that actually shows Naomi and Carmella as the last tag team. So all the more reason to just believe that's where they're going. I can't imagine that they're going to put anybody else in that spot. But 
a little bit of flexibility if they do in fact change that up and we get like the Bella Twins or something, then you know what? I'll leave a comment below. I'll put a different list up or, you know, something like that. But we're going with the teams of in alphabetical order by the way that I typed it out, apparently. Bailey and Sasha Banks, the Boston Hug Connection, the Iconics, Fire and Desire, a.k.a. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Naomi and Carmella, who don't have a tag team name yet, Nia Jax and Tamina, who don't have a tag team name yet, and the Riot Squad, which can compete of uh, consist of all three members, two members. It kind of seems like Ruby Riot is going to be doing something else with Ronda Rousey, so I guess Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan are what we're going with, but I don't think that really matters all that much. So we're going to go around the horn here, and we're going to start at the bottom with the splitting the team, and kind of the piggyback off of what I just said. I picked uh, the Riot Squad. Who do you guys have? I have Mandy and Sonia. Carmella and Naomi. All right, I'm starting off completely different here. Uh, curious about the Naomi and Carmella. Is it just because you don't think that they're a good enough like idea for a team and it's just don't well, even bother? Well, it's more along the lines of, have they ever had a tag team match together? I don't think so. Yeah, so what the fucking point is this? Like, what? This is meant to be crowning the first ever women's tag team champions, and you've got two people in there who have never ever teamed together. You know, and they may have done it like on house shows or like a random episode of SmackDown, but they've never been a team. So, what's the point of like splitting them up? It's like, okay, back to normal. It's like, at least the other ones have been established as tag teams and have competed as tag teams multiple times i don't see why it's all the case of like maybe they are a great tag team maybe they come out in the analytic chamber and they astound orbits with how much chemistry they have and they'll completely change my tune but at this point in time they're just two singles wrestlers that have been thrown together for this match see i took it in a different direction i took that as there's a little bit of potential for something there and i'd like to potentially see where they can go so i bump them up a little bit better but with the riot squad i've never liked the riot squad and they've had more than enough time to prove that they can work together to me Liv morgan and sarah logan and ruby riot are not three people that should be teaming up in any capacity i hate the idea that like when they run to the ring and they just kind of like hit the apron like is that supposed to be intimidating is that supposed to make you feel like they are rebellious or something like you're just that's really lame and their backstage segments are awful and they might be really close now that they've been teaming together for so long and all that and it's great when you can have them in your wedding party and all that but uh i want ruby riot to be on her own like she should be the riot person Liv morgan should be whatever her old nxt gimmick was sarah logan should be some viking or whatever and that team should just stop existing. There should never have been a Riot Squad. Well, I almost put the Riot Squad in this spot, as well as Naomi and Carmella, because with Naomi and Carmella, it was a little more straightforward. They're not a team. And with Riot Squad, I thought maybe they can do better on their own. But ultimately, I decided to go with Mandy and Sonya, because I think on their own, they could potentially be worked up to the main event level. These, the rest of these teams likely won't. Except, well, except for one, obviously. But with Mandy and Sonya, I think Mandy Rose will be SmackDown Women's Champion by SummerSlam. And I think Sonya Deville, 
has improved tremendously and could be in the women's championship picture. But in order to get there, they need to be away from the tag teams. So that's why I chose to split them up. To be perfectly honest, the two main reasons I didn't split them up is because I really like the name Fire and Desire and because I kind of don't have a lot of faith that they would push Sonya right now. Which one's Fire and which one's Desire? Sonya's the Fire. Sonya's the Fire and Mandy's the Desire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you not desire her? It's just that Sonya shows more desire and Mandy's Titantron is more fire-ish. So... Uh I guess I mean, it works in the name. I had no could, idea that was their tag team, though. That's because they put it out there, but you know, in WWE, it took them like four months before they referred to the bar as the bar. You know, Otis Dozovic and uh, Tucker Knight, which apparently are no, just no. Otis and Tucker now, Otis which is fucking annoying. I knew I called that ahead of time. I knew that they were going to do that. They are like, you don't even want to refer to them as heavy machinery anymore either. Kind of, it's just Otis and Tucker, you know. But. uh WWE hates their tag team names, you know, the the Boston Hug Connection. They're still just Bailey and Sasha Banks. And if Naomi and Carmella get a tag team name, yeah, they got a shirt now, but that's just because they've been feuding and tagging with each other for a year and a half. A year. Ugh. Um, Well, that's all of our splits, right? Yeah. Yeah. We went through all that. Yeah. so going over that to somebody who can do the splits, uh, I went with Naomi and Carmella for my jobber team. As did I. Nia Jax and Tamina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with the two that we agree with. Uh, same rationality. They can dance. They can lose. They're fun. We still cheer them, but that's all they were really there for is to go out there and pop the crowd and lose. Yep. They both had their run with the SmackDown title. They got that out of the way. They can dance. They can pop the crowd. They can lose. Yep. So Nia Jackson Tamina is that mostly because Tamina's weighing the uh, the whole team down, or is that well, a like, horribly timed like, joke? Yeah. <laughs> I know. As soon as I said weighing, I'm like, God damn it! This is where I'm going in this direction. Um, it's mainly just a personal choice because I would get immeasurable pleasure of watching them lose every single week because <laughs> Tamina is terrible. She's been fundamentally terrible for this her entire run in WWE. She's probably worse now than she was when she first started. And Nia Jax. Nia Jax is in this situation where I kind of equate to Baron Corbin. People think that she's a really good heel. But what she is, is that people actually just hate her and don't want her around because she's clumsy and annoying and like really difficult to get behind now after such a good job they did with the babyface turn earlier in 2018. And people confusing being a good heel to just being somebody that you just don't want to see. Or you would rather they were just gone. Or in NXT game training again because they suck in the ring and they hurt too many people. So being a jobber is probably the best place for them because it means they won't actually be attacking people very often. They'll just be being beaten up. That's that's kind Uh, of my rationale. I like it. I didn't put them too much higher above i got them in my mid card i think I, I think with the other i can understand the carmelo naomi one they're just fun tattooing but it's a sense of i'd get more pleasure of watching them beat up nia jackson tamina <laughs> just for more yeah, than you definitely, than anything else you definitely do these with your heart and not your mind well, i do it with my mind as well those two suck in the ring they should be losing all their matches 
to be fair, to, to be fair, Nia Jax is okay, but you just have Tamina lose all the time, and that's fine. See now, my mid card team is the Iconics. My uh, mid card team is uh, Nia and Tamina. I have the Iconics as well as the mid card. All right, let's stick with the Iconics a little bit. Uh, if I'm putting Naomi and Carmella as the jobbers because they can dance and lose and whatever, I kind of look at the Iconics as mid-carders already right now where they can be taken more seriously if WWE wanted to book them in that kind of capacity, but they clearly don't. So instead, they're playing comedic kind of parts and they do tend to lose. So I don't buy them, for instance, winning this tag team title shot. Or, well, it's not the tag team title shot. It's the tag team titles. They they rank square in the middle to me, where they could and they should at some point win these tag titles, yet WWE isn't going to pull the trigger on them. So they go direct center for me in that regard. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Kellen? I fucking hate the Iconics. I hate both of them. <laughs> I turn off the I turn off SmackDown when they're on. They annoy me so much. Again, it's a case of Oh, it's great heat because they're just like uh, mocking all the people and coming up with ridiculous songs and dances and poses and uh, having to go at the crowd and stuff like that. But I just see them and listen to their voices and just go, nope, not watching this segment. Wait until they're in the ring, watch them lose because they both suck in the ring as well. They were so much better in NXT. They can't wrestle. They've somehow lost the ability to wrestle. Peyton is slightly better than Billy, but that's not... That's not saying much. It's like saying, oh, this, like, a guy with one leg is better than a guy with two legs at playing football. It's like playing soccer poor, or whatever. Poor Zach Gowan. Yeah, I'd rather he was in this tag team match instead. That'd be a bit more interesting. But, but they're in the mid card because they're just a joke team and. They're slightly higher on Titan Pond than me than Jackson Tamina, which again it shows it how bar how far like below the bar they are. Not even just the tag team bar. They're both way below that bar. But it's yeah, it's they're just a joke team. They're fine for occasionally getting the odd win here and there, but most of the time they should just be being beaten up and off my television screen. Yikes. I went with Nia and Tamina here because I think the mid card is a good spot for them because they never have to officially break up, but they're definitely going to move Nia back into the singles world at some point, and then they can put them back together as a team, and they can get the obligatory run with the belts. But I don't really want to see them featured in this division or in the singles division, quite frankly. But they will be due to their size and their heritage, so they're going to be featured. But just feature them in the mid card. Ah, man, you guys are gonna hate my list. <laughs> uh, upper mid card, I went Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Okay. You not gonna say yours? Upper mid card, I went the Iconics. I, for some reason, I was giving him time to explain. I forgot to say mine. I, I went with the Iconics. What'd you go with, Cal? This is the one I struggled the most with. I think I'm going to go with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville as well. So, all right, let's go Mandy Rose and Sonya. Um, I like that Fire Desire team name 
I like the idea that they can be kind of the top heels in the tag team division a little bit, depending on what your like scenario is with like uh, creating the belts back and forth and the different brands and, you know, different things like that. And I don't trust that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are ready enough to go on their own to do anything like Mandy fight for the SmackDown championship or something like that. So that upper mid card spot right now, they feel like they are solid contenders maybe wouldn't give them the belts, but if Bailey and Sasha Banks were to win them and lose them to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, wouldn't shock me all that much. And, uh, I actually kind of like the way that they, they balance each other out a little bit. Like Sonya is more of the physical type and she's the one that's like pulling the weight for the team as far as like, uh, the athletic side. And Mandy's sort of the showman and or the showwoman and you know, the eye candy and a couple of things like that. So it works pretty well. I like that. What do you think of Callum? I like like you said, I like the fact that they're pretty I wouldn't say diametrically opposite, but they both have different characteristics which lend themselves to different aspects of the matches. Mandy Rose is more of a a mic worker, more of the the glitz and the glamour, and Sonya Deville is more of the the hard nosed fighter. He can take the majority of the match, do most of the beating, and Mandy Rose can be a bit more heelish and a bit more just trying to cheat to win. I like the I like they both have really good chemistry together. They come across as like two really close friends. I like the history they have because they both came through the same tough enough group. So. They have legitimacy as a tag team. It doesn't feel like they were thrown together. Like in the same way that like Carmel or Naomi and you may look at some other tag teams in the past and stuff like that. They feel like they were organically brought up together. And even though they're very different people, they come across as best friends. And I like that aspect of them. They feel like they feel like a team, which is very good. And I think they both have very good plus points in the ring as well. Man, the Mandy's actually pretty good. Like you'd you'd assume that because of her gimmick and the way that she's presented, that she wouldn't actually be that good in the ring. But she's a lot better than I think some people give her credit for. And Sonya's has impressed me immensely in recent months. I thought when she came up from NXT, it was too soon, and she wouldn't she'd flounder quite quickly. But she's actually she's one of the people that has taken a step up since coming from NXT. She comes across as a more legitimate competitor in my eyes. So, yeah, I think the upper mid card is a good position for them to be in right now. Hmm. I went with the Iconics because they're going to be tag team champions at some point. And yes, they were a lot better in NXT. The uh, impressions gimmick is obnoxious, but they're good. They're going to be good in this division and probably one of the focal points. And I still have faith in them. So, you know, stupid naive me. But yeah, that's why I put them in the upper mid card. So here's where the contention comes in because my main eventers are Nia Jackson Tamina. Ah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your one's going to make me feel. Your one, I mean, my one's going to make you feel sick because mine's yeah, the yeah. How do you like that? It's the riot squad. Huh. Yeah. Ugh. 
All right. Well, we got totally different opinions about these things here. I'll you go both have Riot Squad. Yeah. All right. So then that means all of us have Bailey and Sasha Banks as Hall of Famers, which I mean, obvious. Yeah. I mean, we can we could just actually skip right to that. They're two of the four horse women. They're champions. Enough said. Right. Like just. Yeah. I mean, they're Hall of Famers already. Already. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're two of the biggest like female stars to ever come through NXT and they're both former actual women's champions and even, they're either going to win the belts in this elimination chamber or they're going to lose it and win him at Wrestlemania instead something like that yeah it's just a foregone conclusion but the main event spot here's where we get tricky because I I don't like Nia Jackson Tamina and I don't want to see them be the focal point of that kind of thing but they are the two biggest women on the roster. And I would rather see Nia Jackson Tamina be the two biggest women in the tag team division and kind of uh, get a run as the dominant people there than to see them continue to slot Nia Jax in on the single side of things. And at the same time, there is still a spot above them. So you don't have to go with Nia Jackson Tamina are the champions constantly or anything like that. You know, if Bailey and Sasha Banks are going in as the Hall of Famers, they could be the uh the champions and the main eventers can be the ones challenging and all that other kind of stuff. Where it could be that Nia Jackson Tamina lose it to Bailey and Sasha Banks or, you know, whatever the case may be. And for at least a short time frame, while Tamina is still hanging around there, it makes sense to me that they're at the top and that they can be toppled, you know? And fuck the Riot Squad. <laughs> no. No, Tony, because they are actually a team. And I admittedly, they they don't look like they are a unit. They kind of come across as the weird cyberpunk trio in a like a Super Nintendo game. But I really like their closeness. I believe that they're all genuinely friends that they all hang out all the time. And honestly, you have the built-in storyline of the Freebird rule, which is a lot of fun. We see it with the New Day, and you can have them in the women's division. And yeah, I think they're a great team, and they will undoubtedly be great for this division. And I don't know, I just will not have Nia and Tamina as the main event. Yeah, I'm, I echo a lot of what Rob just said. These three are sisters, essentially. They may not have the same appearances. They may not seem like they're the best fit together initially. But you see them and they look out for each other. They support each other. They're all over social media together. They just come across as three very close friends, all wanting to, like, all living their dream of being in WWE and performing. And... I know there's been the main issue with the Riot Squad being in the main event is because they lose all the time. And that's probably the biggest indictment. But you can repackage them. You can give them some intensity. You can give them a few wins under their belts every now and again. Like I, I look at all these people and with the assumption that Sasha Banks and Bailey are going to be the first long-term champions. Like The Riot Squad is the first team that I think that should take the belts off them. They're the most polished unit out of all of them, I believe. They have 
like I say, the closeness, the chemistry. They can put on actually decent matches with them because they've been wrestling them so often that they that those teams probably know each other like the back of their hands now. And I get I like the Freebird aspect of it as well. Ruby Roya is a really, really good wrestler. She's she deserves more opportunities than she gets. And if she's never gonna have a chance to win the actual women's championship, I'd like her to have the women's tag titles instead. Agreed. She definitely deserves to have gold around the waist. And Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan are always getting better, it seems. Liv Morgan is fantastic selling. And Sarah Logan, well, according to the commentators, is going to be the next big thing anyway. So we might as well give her a title to cement that fact anyway. Funny. Yeah. I know you. I know you completely disagree. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to give Tony time to, you know, yeah, to, to soak all this in. How much love we out. have for the riot squad? Because yeah. I think me and Rob, I mean, we might be in a huge minority, but I think the riot squad are great. I do too. And I just, I don't see it. I think that Ruby Riot has a lot of potential. Not when she's cutting promos, though, necessarily. I, I still just buy more that she's like an actor than that she's actually a character. I feel like Liv Morgan has some potential to be just kind of like a a jobber more than anything. And that Sarah Logan has untapped potential, not on the mic, but like as a performer. And then you put the all three together and it's kind of like mixing three ingredients to a meal that don't go well together. Like you don't take chocolate syrup and spaghetti and uh i don't know what the hell what would you mix in with that mustard or kale. something like yeah, yeah kale there you go you don't like throw those things together and go well they're all good in other capacities and they're not gonna work and it's like no well, you kind of th- think there's there's certain flavor combinations that you wouldn't initially think work well together but they actually do yeah, but after a couple of years, uh, I know that Reese's peanut butter cups or peanut butter and chocolate work well. The Riot Squad, after a couple of years, nah. Didn't like but, them at the start, still don't like them now. Well, in terms of like the Nia Jackson's demeanor one, I get the rationale of being that you don't want them both to be back into the singles uh, division, especially because Nia Jax will inevitably get pushed. But they're still there, and they're still competing, and they'll still be not in the main event, but like fighting each other for championships not every pay-per-view but probably most pay-per-views and it's not like they're any better as a team that they would be in singles stars if anything they'd probably be even more obnoxious because to me it's just going to stand there and Nia Jax will keep talking and talking and talking and talking that is something that they do need to change if they're going to try to keep them teaming together they need to actually like give Tamina a little bit of a personality you know I can't just be that Tamina stands that. behind Nia Jax and Nia Jax does all the talking and then Tamina just sits there and loses and stuff like they need to figure out a better kink with that and team names we need team names for these people it can't just be Nia Jax and Tamina it can't just be Naomi and Carmella give them fucking uh, team names you would really think that but they well, always tend WWE. to go with just Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and mm-hmm. Heath Slater and Rhino and Otis and Tucker apparently Ugh. we should call Nia Jax and Tamina drag queens because they're a drag on the entire show. And they look like men. 
I thought you were going to go with and something like the, and they're queens of the ring or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 I just went there. So let's just, recap just our, uh, let's recap our lists here. Mine were uh, split up the riot squad for the reasons I said before, jobbing out Naomi and Carmella, putting the iconics in the mid card, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Fire and Desire are upper mid card. Nia Jackson and Tamina are the main event and Bailey and Sasha Banks are far above the rest with the hall of fame. And for me, it was splitting up Mandy and Sonia, jobbing out Naomi and Carmella, putting Nia and Tamina in the mid card, putting the Iconics in the upper mid card, and Riot Squad's main event, and Sasha and Bailey are in the Hall of Fame. And my round off is split up Carmella and Naomi, the team that's never teamed together. Uh, Jobbers, Nia Jackson, Tamina. Uh, mid card, the Iconics. Up mid card, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, main event, Riot Squad, and obviously Sasha Banks and Bailey is the Hall of Fame. So we have a couple things that are on the same uh, regard here. I mean, we get, we totally disagree when it comes to the Riot Squad and the whole thing like that, but we all agree Bailey and Sasha Banks are at the top. We all kind of put Naomi and Carmella at the bottom. It's the bottom two for those two. And then we have the Iconics in that direct center type of thing. Yeah. Like a mid card, upper mid card jobber type scenario. That makes sense. And I wonder yeah. how that's all going to plan out uh, when it comes to WWE. So, I've been making this joke to Tony, but they're going to give the belts to Naomi and Carmella just because it's the one thing that doesn't make any sense. If any team were to win that would make me go, what the fuck, really? It would be Naomi and Carmella because as much as I don't like the Riot Squad, if they won, they make a hell of a lot more sense than Naomi and Carmella. And Knowing WWE, they could very well go with Naomi and Carmella and just be like, well, isn't that a swerve? Isn't that fucking great? And they'd be like, no, swerves aren't great just for being surprising. You know? I'm just going more going more for the situation that Naomi gets injured before the thing and Carmella replaces her bar truth. Because <laughs> 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 ah. he, be, he was eliminated by a woman from the... Uh, yeah, he, he wants to get in the ring, he wants to take down Nia, Nia Jax. They yeah. had to start with Nia. To be, <laughs> That would be a great way to take out Nia and uh, Tamina to have our truth pinner. I'm down yeah. for it. Go ahead and That's do it. Up. And then have somebody kick Carmella, then pin Carmella, then get her out of the mix. <laughs> you know? uh, all right, everybody. Those are our call the spot on the card teams that we got set up uh, in our ranked orders. Make sure you leave your comments below and tell us what your thoughts are on our list as well as what your list is and all the other kind of information you want to toss out in the comments below. Uh, let's go around the horn here after all the other different stuff that we had talked about and do the actual plugs. Uh, first thing I want to mention is of course the always standard, make sure that you subscribe on the YouTube channel and check off the notification bell. Do the same thing when it comes to following us on Facebook and Twitter at smart moment, pay attention to the smartoutmoment.com material. That's not the, the non podcast type of material that we have on there. Go to the Redbubble and the Tee Public shops for the merchandise. If you want to help out on the Patreon, you can do that on Smartout Moment as well as the Fanboys Anonymous Patreon. And of course, go to fanboysanonymous.com and subscribe and follow on the different social media stuff that we've got there and the YouTube channel and whatnot. And I've got more material that is coming out on Bleacher Report and wrestling news. So for the outside interference material, that is where you'll find that stuff. Uh, I think that's about it that I need to plug necessarily on my end. So, Callum? 
Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 because I'm seemingly the only person that plugs any of my own stuff on here. Uh, I'll go <laughs> I'm with... so bitter about that. <laughs> well, it's just that in the middle of the hot tags when you're in a big discussion about Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and who's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania, you might want to refer to the fact that I've written an article in Small Cat Moment yesterday about how Charlotte Flair should be in the main event of WrestleMania. And... I swear I thought we did. <laughs> so, yeah. But now I'm definitely saying it, so you should definitely read that article because these guys make me feel bad. So make me feel better by reading it. And let me know what you think in the comment section, why I'm right that Charlotte being in the main event is the right thing to do. Ah, joke's on you. I'm going to edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that read it, the whole content of the article. (laughs) That's all it says is Charlotte Flair should be in the main event. Yeah, then it just says, fuck you if you disagree. (laughs) Leave a comment below. (laughs) And then... uh, I'll have the power rankings up sometime at the end of the week. Check out all the other weekly stuff, even Rob's stuff. I'll plug Rob's stuff. He won't plug mine, but I'll plug his stuff. <laughs> and check out 2001 Wrestling Odyssey. Rob's also on that as well, but I won't mention that. And then you have... There'll be another episode of that sometime this month. I haven't got that completely settled yet, but the research is on underway. So look forward to that soon. And Rob. And for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. You can check out eWrestling News and WrestleZone.com for your daily wrestling news. And you can check out all the other weeklies. There's a great five moves of doom for Shawn Michaels. There's that the passionate profile of Primo Cologne. And then there's the stuff I do, like the Triple Threat, which will be about Jeff Hardy this week. It's a career retrospective on Jeff Hardy. And yeah, TimeKillerApparel.com. And that's it for me. And that's it for me as well. Thank you, of course, for listening to this, everybody, and for all of your support, whether it's a like, a share, a favorite, a Patreon donation, or whatever else that you got that you are uh, trying to help us out with. It's all greatly, greatly appreciated, and we will continue going on with as much content as we can bring you. When it comes to next week, we've got the hot tags, and kind of... uh, going straight into the elimination chamber predictions because we have to and then of course the post show that follows that but the week after that sort of up in the air right now we could do a mount rushmore of tag teams we could do a preview of the smart madness tournament which is most likely going to be foreign objects which is very uh strange tournament to do but that could be pretty fun to talk about you know fuck you baseball bat is so much better than a steel chair and whatever um there is also the chance that I might watch Fighting With My Family and do some kind of a special thing when it comes to that. But I might do that on Fanboys. I don't really know. I'm kind of like back and forth about that. And I really don't want to fucking see that movie. So <laughs> there's part of me that just doesn't want to do that. But uh, if you have any suggestions of what you would like to see when it comes to that, leave your comments below and tell us what uh, possibilities you would like to see us put out there. And we will take that into great consideration. And we will see you when we see you. So, adios for now, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.